everybody. Good to see you tonight on this Friday night. I trust that you had a blessed day. And I know it was supposed to pour all day today. Seemed like it held off, but I pray it'll pour in this house tonight. Yeah. Amen. If you're able, we'll ask for to stand. Let's invite the presence of the Lord in our midst tonight. Let's believe God to have his way in our heart and our life. Father, we are thankful to be back in the house of the Lord tonight. Grateful, Lord God, for everything you've done in our heart and in our life. For the word that we've heard spoken from Sunday morning through last night, oh God, we're thankful. God, we ask you tonight that you'd crown this meeting with glory and honor. That you'd pour out your spirit upon us. Oh God, that you'd fill us, refill us with this blessed Holy Ghost. I, I'm a firm believer in what we heard last night, God. You set a precedent. Over 2,000 years ago, what you desire to do in the heart and in the life of the believer, do it again. Do it in me, oh God. Let it flow from this platform all the way through the double doors, oh God. The power of the Holy Ghost. Inhabit our praise. God, we pray for those that are sick and unable to be here. I pray, Lord, tonight you'll touch them in their body. Those that come tonight with needs, I pray you'll meet them all through Christ by his riches. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Let's worship Him together. We're in Your presence. We give You praise.
the same page 120 our hymn book tonight victory in Jesus I heard an old old story how a Savior came from glory how he gave his life on Calvary to save a rich like me. I heard his groaning of his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sin and won the victory. Oh, Oh, yeah. 
and win some of the same victories. We don't get uh, we don't get as as often as we would like to just be able to hang out and be around each other. But when I do, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's been a blessing to me. I was telling Kim earlier I've had a few occasions uh, over the last few years to to talk to Brother Joe from time to time, but never really have got to to meet his family, and that's been a joy uh, for me as well. I told Kim I said I feel like I could just be around the whole bunch and feel right at home. I don't feel I don't feel in no ways uh, <clears throat> uncomfortable when I'm with them. And uh, that speaks to the spirit that they have because they make you feel comfortable to be around them. So I love them, and uh, it's our joy to get to be a blessing to them as they have to us. So you give tonight is unto the Lord. Let me say thank you for your faithfulness to this revival. Many of you have been here every service, even our visitors. Thank you so much for being with us, and uh, thank you for your faithfulness in giving unto the Lord. We couldn't... Uh, we couldn't do what we do without you, so we want to thank and commend you for giving. Thank you for those uh, uh, ladies that have uh, cooked to help uh, us feed the evangelists. All the meals have been awesome. We appreciate you so much. Ask Brother Joe, if you would, ask the Lord to bless the offering tonight. Heavenly Father, once again, as we come before you this day, Lord, we come to praise and worship and thank you for your multitude of blessings. Lord, we're so thankful for this, this revival that you have instilled in each and every one of us, oh God, and this family, this precious family, oh God, that you've brought. And Lord, as we take up these offerings, oh God, and Lord, we pray that you just continue to pour out your spirit and multiply them, oh God, and, and touch and use them, oh God, give them traveling mercy to the next revival, oh God, and we just come to worship you this day, Father God.
appreciate the spirit of the Lord we feel in this house tonight and just counted a privilege and an honor to be in the presence of the Lord in this house tonight. Appreciate all of you that are here and uh, so thankful for what the Lord has done in this revival. I know uh, this might be the last uh, scheduled service, but I believe that revival goes on. Praise God. And the spirit of revival, the, the moving of the spirit and the vein that he has been moving. I believe it will continue and I uh, want to say uh, thank you so very much for your giving this week. You have been such a tremendous blessing to our family and we are just humbled by the way that you've been so good and so kind to us and uh, I want to second uh, what Pastor Sullivan said tonight. Uh, it's, it's great when you can get around men of God who, like he said, have the same burden for ministry and the same drive. You know, it's not, it's, it's not fair weather that drives, it's not fair weather that's in the sails of the good old gospel ship. It's the wind of the Holy Ghost that's in the sails of this ship. And uh, no matter what's going on around us, no matter if the water around us is stagnant, 
if we're in the right place at the right time and the wind of the Holy Ghost is blowing upon us, he's pushing us in the right direction. You believe that? Amen. So I'm just so very thankful to get to spend uh, some time with your pastor. Thank you for allowing us to spend time with him. Uh, he took us to some great places to eat this week. And uh, I'm, I'm going to have to call my brother and let him know I'm going to be fasting the first three days of that revival. I hope he won't hold me to that. No, when I roll up about 4 or 5 o'clock tomorrow afternoon, he's going to have steaks rolling on the grill, I know, if I know him. But um, just so thankful uh, for this church. Thank you for the way you've responded to the Spirit of the Lord. We can't have revival if people don't respond to the Spirit of the Lord. If I knew, if I knew for a fact that when I got here that I was going to preach and we were just going to kind of ho-hum through these services and really just not respond or move toward the Lord or listen to what he had to say, Brother Sullivan, it, it, it'd be hard to just keep on going. But I know that there's people in this church that are hungry for God, people in this sanctuary that are hungry for more of the Spirit of God. And I just want to say thank you for the way that you have responded in these altar services. Amen. Let's make tonight no different. What do you say? Amen. Let's see what God will do in this service. Praise the Lord. Worship the Lord with us when we sing this tonight.
it's a choice to trust or to doubt. I just remember what God's always done. Oh, because he's never failed me, and he never will. And the battle, it's already won. So if God is for me, who can stand?
chose. He plunged me to victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many is glad for victory tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah to his holy name. So very thankful for what the Lord accomplished in the service last night. I want to move along uh, one more time in this service along the same vein. The book of Luke chapter number three. Luke chapter number three. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and Revelation chapter number 3, if you would please. Luke chapter number 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 3. Praise God. Pastor, thank you so very much for the opportunity, for the honor to stand behind this pulpit, preach to your people and to feel the presence of the Lord on this platform. And uh, I want to say it's just an honor to be here with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I thought Sister Kirsten was going to get turned loose there tonight. Praise God. Singing heaven will be worth the journey. How many knows it's going to be worth it? Yeah. 
Have you ever gotten weary traveling this old road? I might be singing that in the morning. Praise God. I'll tell you what, it's going to be worth it when we get there. Oh, hallelujah. Luke chapter 3, we'll begin reading at verse number 15. Luke chapter 3 and verse number 15. And as the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John, whether he were the Christ or not, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will throughly purge his floor and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, and he will throughly purge his floor and gather the wheat into his garner. First Corinthians chapter 1, one verse of scripture, verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 7. So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 3 beginning at verse 20, very familiar portion, Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 20. Jesus speaking, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Chapter 4 and verse 1 says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show you things which must be hereafter. From these texts tonight, in Luke, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. will gather the wheat into his garner. Revelation says, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. And John said, after this, I looked and I saw a door opened in heaven. Find together with me and help me pray over 
for this message that God would speak to our hearts tonight. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for this congregation. Thank you, Lord, for the honor, the opportunity, the responsibility to declare this word. Lord, to this group of people sitting in this sanctuary tonight, Father, I pray in Jesus' name you would fall upon me just now. Let the gifts of the Spirit, Lord, be in operation in this room tonight to edify this body and glorify Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would crown this revival this week, Lord, with a moving of your sweet Holy Ghost in this house. Lord, would you sweep across this congregation and have your way tonight. Lord, we bring our spirits under subjection to the Holy Ghost. We bring every hindering spirit under the authority of the name tonight. We see Christ in the Old Testament, the genesis of creation, the beginning of all things. Scripture tells us that in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Christ, the genesis of creation, he was and is and always will be immortal. Some men say that God dwells in eternity. But how can God be bound to something as long and large even as eternity? I believe that eternity is found in our God. The conception of Christ was immaculate. His commitment to his people was immovable. And tonight, I want to preach to us that his coming is imminent. It could happen at any given moment. (laughs) Hallelujah. I would love tonight for us who are aboard the good old gospel ship to pull into the port safely on board the old ship of Zion never to sail the stormy sea of life again. I would love tonight to be able to lift my eyes and see the golden shores of glory and know that we have made it. His coming is imminent. At any moment, He could return upon the eastern sky. At any moment, all of these things that we know down here can change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The Bible says at the last trump, so the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But how many knows there might be a little bit of time between now and then. We don't know when he's going to return. And I must preface this message tonight and say that in our title, Pentecost and then the rapture, I am not so foolish as to say that there's any kind of prophecy yet to be fulfilled except for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Middle East is in turmoil. 
The nations of the world have been turned away from God, turned away from Israel. And now the very nation that we call home has turned its back by and large on the nation of Israel. And the Bible says that when that happens and the treaty is made in the midpoint of the tribulation, all of the nations of the world will stand against Israel and Israel will seem defenseless, but God will come to the defense of the apple of his eye. That's the next thing on the calendar, my friend, is for the wrath of God to be poured out upon a world that has rejected Christ, upon a world that has spit in his face and trampled under their feet the blood of the covenant. But you and I, as the children of God, as the church, as the bride of Christ, we are not appointed unto wrath, but we are appointed unto glory. I don't have to endure the wrath of God because the wrath of God for me was poured out upon Jesus Christ as he hung on that cross. But until such given time, until the trumpet sounds, the Bible tells us there's no reason for us to fall behind in the gifts of the Spirit. There's no reason for us to fall behind in the moving of the Holy Ghost in our church. There's no need for the Holy Ghost to cease to work in our midst. There's no necessity for the Holy Ghost to let up in His conviction. If anything, the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, I believe conviction will once again seize upon the hearts of men and women. He's pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. With that, I believe comes conviction and the convincing men of their sin. I can tell you, He said, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And I read in Revelation 22 that the Spirit and the Bride are preaching the same message. It's a message of welcome. It's a message of invitation. It's a message that says Christ is coming quickly and you need to get in the ark. You need to get in a safe place. trumpet praise God help me Holy Ghost Acts chapter 1 the former treatise have I made O Theophilus he's writing his second letter to Theophilus his first letter was the book of Luke Luke is writing this the book of Acts as he traveled with the apostle Paul all through his journeyings the former treatise have I made O Theophilus of all that Jesus began. The, the book of Luke, some would agree, contains more miracles than any of the other gospels. 
And he says, I began to write to you what Jesus started to do and what he began to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen of whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which saith he you have heard of me in your Bible you'll find it in red letters for John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence when they therefore were come together they asked of him saying Lord wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel and he said unto them it is not for you to know the times nor the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power when is Jesus coming back I can't tell you tonight friend I'm not a date setter I can't tell you that he's coming back in the number 22 because there's 22 books in the Bible that all have 22 chapters I'm not so stuck on numerology tonight as to say that this is the year but I will tell you I want to live my life like this is the year and I want to seek the Holy Ghost like this is the year and I want to preach to the lost like this is the year and I want to raise my family like this is the year they said is this the time he said it's not for you to know the times or the seasons but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you Jesus is this the time that the Roman rule will be broken in our nation and we cry out and we say Lord is this the time to set up the kingdom is this the time when the oppressive rule in our nation needs to be broken he said it's not for you to know the day or the hour or the time you just make sure that you're at the right place at the right time when the Holy Ghost is poured out on the apostles and I say tonight by the way make sure you're at the right place at the right time in one mind and in one accord because we don't have a lot of time left in this hour hallelujah oh I need to preach to us help me Lord these are the days of Elijah John the Baptist rose up and preached we see the prophecy in Malachi chapter 4 I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and notable day of the Lord comes. We know that John the Baptist rose up under the same anointing because he didn't have a problem dealing with that spirit of Jezebel that was operating 500 years past the time of Elijah. It was the spirit of Jezebel that was working in Herod and Herod's wife and Herod's little floozy daughter. I can tell you it was the same spirit that sought to assassinate the man of God, the mouthpiece of God. Notice, he couldn't stop the spirit of God, but he did his best to stop the mouthpiece. Elijah was threatened. She said, I'm going to make your life like the life of one of my prophets that you killed down by the brook. He said, you know where 
me. Hallelujah. And Jesus uh, talked to Herod. Uh, Jesus said, uh, you go tell that fox, uh, that old fox spirit, uh, that old Jezebel spirit, uh, you tell her, uh, I'll be right here. Uh, day one and day two, uh, I'll be performing miracles. Uh, and on day three, uh, I'll be perfected. Uh, so if you want to pick a fight, uh, you know where I am. Uh, Lord, have mercy. Uh, I wish we had a church uh, in these last days uh, that said come hell or high water I'll be right here uh, doing what I'm called to do uh, on day one and day two uh, I'll be doing miracles uh, and signs and wonders uh, and on day three uh, he said he would revive us uh, on the third day uh, listen to me tonight church uh, these are the days uh, of Elijah Elijah said uh, that he's coming uh, behold he comes with clouds uh, John the Baptist said uh, behold uh, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Elijah stepped on the scene to prophesy judgment to those who would follow the worship of Baal. But before the prophets of Baal were destroyed, boy, doesn't history repeat itself. Haven't we seen Baal worship in our nation? They build an altar, they make a sacrifice, and they run around and cut themselves. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. They cry all day long. They jump around on that altar. They jump around on that sacrifice expecting their God to answer, and there is no answer. I don't have time. To throw rocks tonight at the charismatic movement. I've got to make sure I am where I'm supposed to be, that I'm in front of my altar, that my altar has been repaired, and that my sacrifice is in order, and that my life is pleasing to God. But before the prophets of Baal were destroyed, the altar was repaired, and the fire fell on Elijah's sacrifice. Listen to me. Before God vindicates his judgment on this world, I believe with all of my heart, there's coming a Holy Ghost revival to the church. Every church that remains faithful. Every pastor that's in the palm of his hand. According to Revelation chapter 1. The seven stars which you saw are the seven angels. The seven pastors of the seven churches. I can tell you tonight that before judgment falls on this earth. Before the vindication on this world. There's going to be a visitation upon the church and upon those who are faithful in this hour. He said, look at the fig tree. I don't know if they realized, if they were thinking according to the feasts. The first feast was the feast of Passover. And they saw Jesus crucified. I know this is a lot here, but I've got to give it to you. Hallelujah. The feast of unleavened bread. They see his sinless body lying in that grave. The feast of first fruits. They knew that Jesus would be resurrected from the grave. And then the only thing left was the feast of Pentecost. 
And there were no more feasts until the Feast of Trumpets. Oh, I wish I had about another hour to preach this and an hour less to drive tomorrow. Praise God. Listen to me. There's nothing between the Feast of Pentecost and the Feast of Trumpets. There's nothing between the Holy Ghost being poured out on the last day church and the sounding of the trumpet in the sky. There's nothing between I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. There's nothing between that and the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There's nothing left to happen my friend except for to get on board. I don't feel like that the church is going out of this world in a season of fruitlessness. Else Jesus would not have told them, watch the fig tree. When it starts putting on fruit, you know that it's the right season. You know that it's time for the coming of the Son of Man. I feel like we're going out in a season of fruitfulness. We're going out in a season of rejoicing. I said we're coming back with rejoicing and bringing our sheaves with us. Hallelujah. Matthew 25 speaks of ten virgins. They were not only awake. They all had garments. They all had lamps. They all had fire. But some of them had more of what really would count in the end. They went to the same place to tarry and wait for the bridegroom. They were all awake. They were all awaiting. They were all aware. They were all alert. But not all of them had the anointing that they needed to last from the 11th hour to the twelfth hour. <laughs> How many believes tonight that we are in the last of the last days? We must be the spirit of the age. I listened to a message by Brother B.H. Clinton from 1982 at 1 o'clock this morning. I'm listening to him preach and hearing the passion in his voice, listening to what he was saying about the current generation that was in his day uh, 40 years ago. Uh, an entire generation removed uh, from where I stand tonight, if you will. Uh, and he's talking to them uh, about the backslidden state uh, of so many in the church. Uh, he's talking to them uh, about the spirit of the age uh, and the spirit of Antichrist creeping in. Uh, how much closer uh, must we be tonight? Uh, an entire generation now. Uh, we are closer. Uh, I don't know uh, who the Antichrist is going to be. Uh, I believe there's an Antichrist uh, in every generation. Uh, because the devil does not know uh, when the trumpet will sound. Uh, I don't know uh, if in his generation uh, it was Hitler uh, or Stalin uh, or men of that regard. Uh, but I tell you, in this hour, uh, the man of sin uh, is about to be revealed. Uh, and I'm not going to be here uh, when he steps on the scene uh, because he's coming. Uh, I said the Lord is coming. Uh, and the rapture, when it takes place, uh, it will not wake up the church. Yeah. 
I said it will not wake up the church. Matthew said, if the good men of the house knew at what hour the thief was coming, he would have stayed up all night long. I'm telling you right now, if I knew somebody was coming in that hotel room, I'd be waiting on the other side of the door with something they didn't want nothing of. I got enough firepower in that car to start a little war. You hear me? I said this be something they didn't want nothing to do with it. If the good men of the house knew at what time that the thief was coming, he would have watched the door and not allowed his house to be broken up. What about you tonight, friend? Will your house be broken up by the thief that's coming in the middle of the night? I said, will your house, will the circle remain unbroken in the house of God? The rapture will not wake up the church, but the rapture will take up those that are ready, those that are looking, those that are longing for him, those that love his appearing. I want to say it again. I want to hear the spirit so that I can hear the trumpet. Oh, hallelujah. Lord, help me get through my introduction. The pressure of the situation in their day drove them back to the upper room. And because they went back to the upper room, and they prayed that they might be anointed one more time by the power of the Holy Ghost in chapter 4. We find the persistence of the saints and their prayer that the Holy Ghost falls upon them again. And the pressure of the situation that drove them to the upper room and the prayer that they prayed and their persistence of the saints of the early church brings the power of the Spirit to them one more time. I don't know how it is in your life, but I've got a sneaking suspicion. It's much like it has been in my life. 16 years ago, I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, but less than one year after first receiving the Holy Ghost, I had to get myself in an altar and get refilled like it was the first time all over again. You give, you've got to be poured back into. You witness and you reach, you need to be poured back into. You need to allow the pressure of the hour, the pressure of the situation. Don't let it drive you to the arm of the flesh, but rather let it drive you back to the upper room, the place where is the source of power so that you might find again the power of the Spirit. In the New Testament, they were under a constant threat of persecution, but they were also under a constant flow of power. I don't know, Pastor, if we're going to have to endure some kind of persecution, but I tell you what, if we do, we'll do what the church has always done. We'll go back to where it started in the beginning. Persecution did not blind them to Pentecost, but rather it emboldened them to do what God had called them 
this hour. Lift your hand to the Lord right here. Oh. I want to hear the Spirit. <laughs> what is the Spirit saying to you tonight, church? <laughs> I said, what is the Spirit saying to you tonight? What is He dealing with you? The coming of the Lord is closer than it has ever been. And if we can't hear the Spirit tonight, if we can't feel Him tugging upon our hearts, if we don't have an ear to hear what He says, I doubt very seriously if we will have an ear that is tuned to the trumpet when it sounds. He that hath an ear, listen to the warning. Listen to the word. Listen to the will of what God is telling us in this hour. I believe before he comes, he's going to pour out on his church once more. Do you believe that tonight? Say amen. Hallelujah. The old one-eyed black Pentecostal preacher, one of our Pentecostal pioneers of our movement as we know it, William J. Seymour. He died September the 28th 1922. I told you I'm not a date setter. But listen to what this man said. I don't know when he said it. I don't know if he said it at the beginning of his ministry. I don't know if he said it on his deathbed. But he made this statement. He gave a prophecy that in 100 years or less, there would be another great awakening come to America and the glory of God would be revealed in the church once again. Well, that's not in the Bible, Brother Gans. I know. But he said, how can I do this thing and not tell my friend Abraham? He does nothing except he first reveal it to his servants, the prophets. Oh. Does anybody know what year we're living in tonight? Does anybody know what the date is today? I told you I'm not a date setter. But I would love to see. I don't know if it will be nationwide. I really don't feel like it will be. Because of the spirit of Antichrist in the way. That he has so swept even some of our own. Out of our own ranks that we have preached to. That we grew up with. That we shouted with. That we were baptized with. Has swept them out of the church. And into apostasy. And into apathy. And now they're walking in anarchy. Against the knowledge of God. And against the knowledge of of what they know to be the truth but I'll tell you something right now I would just as soon see every church that is still holding to the doctrine every pastor that has stayed faithful to that pulpit every saint of God that's been faithful to their prayer life I would just as soon see the prophecy of William Seymour come to pass that every church would have another awakening that every family would see such a revival that God would be magnified before the trumpet sounds. I think you realize this. We cannot continue as we are. Does anybody else feel that in your spirit? 
if he could come at any moment and we cannot continue as we are I think we ought to find ourselves in an order of prayer saying God why don't you fall on me like you did the first time help me to go back and find my first love again we cannot continue as we are you must agree with me the church is in a spiritual struggle like we've never been but we cannot continue as we are we need a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost something has got to give I said something has got to give the Antichrist spirit will never stop attacking the church that's why the church must constantly remain on guard something's got to give we cannot continue he's coming at any moment I need an outpouring of the spirit of God in my life Lift your hand to the Lord tonight. Oh. Stand with me all over the house. Come on. Oh. Oh, I feel him. Oh. I feel him. Oh. Anybody feel him? Reach up to him right here. In this building right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What did Pastor say? Come on, let's just keep just keep this right here. Pastor said last night, each of us and all of us, your sons and your daughters, the young. And the old. <laughs> Would you like to see the young people in this church baptized in the Holy Ghost? Would you like to see some of the elder saints in this church feel that old time feeling again? <laughs> I was preaching in Texas two weeks ago. Dear old sister Campbell sitting on the second row, 95 years of age. Barely made it in the house, but she was one of the first ones there. Sat there and prayed till the service started. Was still praying when the service was over. We was praying for the sick going through the prayer line. She hadn't got up. I went and knelt down on that front row and grabbed her by the hand. That 95-year-old woman took her hand, her other hand, and planted it in my greasy hair. I was pouring sweat, left sweat stains on the front of that pew. She laid hands on me and said, God, by the power of the Holy Ghost, give this preacher strength. I felt it go through the bottom of my feet, my friend. I felt the power from that elder saint of God. Just last Friday night, preaching at my daddy's, oh, Brother Reverend Howard Johnson, in his late 80s now, could barely walk. I said, come help us pray. Brother and Sister Johnson, he's born and bred, died in the wool assembly of God. I still believe there's some elders in the assembly of God that have got the goods in this hour. I said, Brother Johnson, come help me pray. His son had him by the hand, was helping Brother Johnson up to the front. He got within about from where I am, 
to Brother Corey. He pushed his son out of the way, started walking toward me, talking in a language over the top of the praying, over the top of the music. That man touched my hand, about went out, right there in the middle aisle. It wasn't no put on pastor. It wasn't some jerk and shake and shoulder shake like some folk try to put it on. It was power. And I say in the last days, God is still pouring on the elders in the church. My word says God is a hammer that breaks the rock. The preaching of my word is the plow that breaks up the fallow ground of your heart, says the Lord. For in these last days I desire, it is my will to pour out of my spirit upon my children and upon my church. But your heart is not ready to hear it. Your spirit is not yet ready to receive it. I say unto you this night, fear me, saith God. Be broken in my presence. For I am a holy God. My coming is nigh at hand. You this night knew the soon, the nearness, the imminence of my return. You would be broken at once. You would fall upon your face before me, saying, God, you would fear in my presence. Your one and sole desire would be to be full of my spirit. Hear me, saith God, I never do anything unless I forewarn you through my word and by my spirit and through my promise. Behold, I come quickly. My reward is with me, but it is in this late hour, right now, this very night, saith God, that I decide to pour out of my spirit and to feel and baptize you. With the Holy Ghost and with fire, come and surrender. Come and be broken. Come and submit your heart to my will. Live for my purpose and not your own desires, saith the Lord. And you will know my fullness. And you will see my power. And the world will behold my glory through my church, saith the Lord. Oh,
Thank you.